I had quite the diarrhea. Oh, God. (laughs) (laughs) Wasn't exactly. I I would prefer a better food. Yeah. um, Mine felt felt bigger than it was. Yeah, mine mine was on its way. Like you were worried, like, uh uh-oh, like this might just get stuck. Um, not necessarily. It just kind of felt like it was going to be more satisfying, and then I did it, and it was like, oh, is that all? I gotcha. Yeah, mine is like disappointing. I I was glad like there was at least a few minutes before this started because mine like after I did it, I was like, oh, I gotta, (laughs) I gotta just breathe for a second. Gotta take a few minutes to myself. Have a drink. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta have yeah. a smoke real quick. <laughs> <One of those. laughs> Just sitting next to the toilet. So is it good for you? <laughs> Welcome to Store Brand Comics. Uh, this is the the one where we do stuff. <laughs> <laughs> uh, sometimes I, we talk about crossovers and stuff yeah so yeah only every episode <laughs> <laughs> oh i'm tio and i'm brandon um i don't know if we've been introducing ourselves every episode um we've probably nah. been. uh we're i mean hey, you know we, you know we're new yeah um, fresh off the boat <laughs> fresh off the boat Fresh off the off the uh, non podcast boat and onto yeah. onto podcast island, and no one likes us like the Irish whenever they came into the United States. So holy jeez! <laughs> <laughs> hey, it's true. I know it's haven't, true, but <laughs> haven't haven't you ever seen Gangs of New York? <laughs> I haven't actually. Oh, it's a great movie. It's got Daniel oh, Day Lewis and uh. Leo DiCaprio. Yeah, I've been wanting to see it, but um, I just never made the time, I guess. When I was a uh, kid, I used to think it was like some sort of steampunk movie. And I thought, um, <laughs> I, was, I was a kid, not, so not stuff is the... always distorted. Yeah, like yeah. I saw Daniel Day Lewis, and like he looks really tall. I think it's because like his pants are super high up. When I was yeah, a kid, also, I thought Daniel he. Daniel Day Lewis is super tall. Yeah, yeah. Well, I thought he was like, I thought he was like a carnival barker in his outfit and he was like wearing uh, stilts that's what i thought when i was like six years old so oh, okay did you know that the original coke recipe was originally green and they started dyeing it brown to make it look more like tea really yeah that's why that's why cola is brown like the standard for cola is, is that it's brown it's because huh. i think people were uncomfortable with the green drink back then so and I guess Americans hadn't heard of green tea, so they started dying. It started dying. But that does make to, sense. Yeah, to make people more comfortable drinking it. I just um, read this this Mary Shelley's Frankenstein book, and it talks about all this green stuff. You expect me to drink some green stuff? What's wrong with you? <laughs> I've just read this 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 fascinating book called Dracula. (laughs) Is that what you're putting in your Coca-Cola? Blood? (laughs) Is that what makes it green? I don't think you know how blood works, Stan. You need to sit down. 
What are you putting in the Coca-Cola? Stan, you need to take your medication. Is that why the label's red? Stan, please, just calm down. (laughs) Yeah, I like to think uh, it's just old people that have these concerns. Where's Beatrice? Beatrice has been (laughs) dead for three years, Stan. Oh, I just painted a really depressing picture there. (laughs) I bet it was because of your green cola. It was your green Coca-Cola. Dracula's wrecking the Coca-Cola. I know what it is. You're actually serving Soylent Green. I know it. (laughs) It's made of humans. (laughs) (laughs) And we've lost him. (laughs) This is this is the next thirty minutes. But don't worry, he'll he'll wear himself out and then he'll sleep. He'll fall asleep. He's sleeping. He's like, green, green. As soon as we wake up, we just turn on reruns of Dallas, and that's the start of his day. <laughs> I can't believe it was a dream the whole time. It was something green, something green. <laughs> the whole season gone to waste. So green, so green. <laughs> All righty. Yeah, flexing those exactly two improv workshops I've gone to there. Nice. Yeah. Impressed? Very nice. Alrighty, so today's concept. Um, This one is one of Brandon's ideas that he has in a list, because he's more organized than I am. Well, I have a list just as like a, uh, a backup, plus if I feel like very lazy or very busy. Yeah. I more lazy <laughs> yeah I, see, I, I i pulled i pulled last week's idea um from my list out of laziness and look where that got <laughs> oh no <laughs> oh no uh actually actually it was because i i, I was really really <laughs> ready for this it wasn't lazy i was subtle. super prepared <laughs> yeah <laughs> i did make some notes for this one uh, which I usually do, but it's not like yeah. story notes. It's just uh, for my own sake. Yeah. Okay. So this week's concept is a crossover between DC Comics, Detective Comics, comics, uh, and Middle Earth. J.R.R. Tolkien's Middle Earth. Yeah. Like the everyone knows, but just. To clarify, basically, the Lord of the Rings and the Hobbit universe. Yeah, that... yeah. And I, I was thinking actually, a good starting point for the story might be right at the end of Fellowship. Okay. Okay. Um, because that's when like the real story kind of kicks off. Um, like the actual true real struggle in the War of the Ring kind of starts there. Um. The right. fellowship has like split up, and the characters are at a bit of a low point. So it's easiest yeah, to yeah, insert yeah. new characters there. Um, yeah, that wouldn't be a bad. Plus, you could, uh, yeah, with that, like, you could also deal with like the non-tampering aspect of it. Like, uh, yeah. it could be basically they're in this universe and they're out, kind of. Yeah, and you could, yeah, yeah, like maybe, maybe that actually. 
did happen or whatever. But it doesn't. Yeah, and one one thing I'm thinking, one thing I'm thinking is either, either we need to figure out some reason why Superman cannot help Sam and Frodo, or we need to just keep Superman out. Okay, yeah. The biggest thing I was thinking about, um, like right off the bat when uh, when we had decided on this idea. One thing that I want to mention is that you could easily do a Lanterns crossover with Lord of the Rings as there are different rings for the different races and kings. Like there are different rings for the different Lantern cores and all that stuff. That can be easily done. But we just recently did that with Marvel and Lanterns crossover. So I don't really want to repeat the same thing. Plus, I don't really want to do the most obvious thing. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. I feel like Clay. Yeah, could, I, I well, was, yeah was that, but say, also, yeah, I'd rather include Clay in our lanterns crossovers because he's like our resident yeah. Green Lantern guy. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Now, all that being said, that doesn't mean we can't have a couple lantern rings in our story. I just don't want there to be all these lantern cores running yeah. about. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Um, now, one thing I was thinking is um, what one thing that we could focus on is sort of like C-list or just low power level heroes for DC. Yes. When it comes yes, to that's exactly what I was like, thinking. Batman and Green Arrow both definitely fit. Oh, my gosh. Okay, you're you're on the same wavelength as I am. Those were because I have like in terms of notes, just like characters I wouldn't mind seeing in this. And yeah, big key players from DC, I have Batman and Green Arrow. Um, and then as far as like some of the some of the B and C tier characters, um, I feel like Animal Man and Swamp Thing could both play really well in this universe. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah. Especially since there's already confirmed like a race of tree people, Swamp Thing definitely fits. Yeah. Cause I, I described in last week's episode I tend to think of Swamp Thing as like a wet Groot in terms of uh, like physical makeup. So right, right. So he's basically just a vine and scum based ent rather than wood and branch. Yeah. Now the thing is with this story because you had mentioned keeping uh, it lower characters or like C list type characters. Do you want to make this kind of? Because this, I mean, like, if, if we're going the route that I think, it's not like uh, uh, Sauron is going to get destroyed or anything like that. Yeah. Um, do you want to keep it kind of low level in terms of not having a ton of characters, like not having the entire Justice League, basically, or like that many characters? I mean, yeah, I think um, our the DC portion of our cast should definitely be controlled. Okay. Yeah. Like, like, like small, smaller scale than your average crossover. Yeah. Yeah. I I feel like it should be basically like a Batman green arrow and basically like justice league dark. Yeah. I would say, yeah, that that's not, that's not a bad idea. Cause I would like to have like your, uh, your lower level, but like sword and shield type people. What I mean by that is like on the ground type fighting. That'd be like Batman and Green Arrow. 
yeah. then also have some magic people who can take on like people like uh, Saruman and uh, different stuff like that. Now, I am a little wary of um, magic characters because the way that um, superhero magic works is very different from the way that Middle Earth magic works. Um, yeah. Because superhero magic, because it needs to be presented as more of a fantastical superpower than some unknowable force, um, tends to have fewer limitations. Like Zatanna. As long as she can stay at backwards, she can oh, do literally no. anything she wants. No, yeah, Zatanna's OP. Like, no, if if there um, was anyone that, like, what I mean by magic is, like, people that, like, have elements of magic. I'm not talking about, like, uh, okay. full-on sorcerers like Dr. Fate or Zatanna. Or yeah, I was going to say, like, Dr. Fate's another one where it's like, uh, he's uh, he's a little too out yeah, there. Yeah, he's and, too and overpowered the, for this. And the thing is, Gandalf um, has like immense godlike power. The reason that he rarely ever flexes that in the books or movies is because he's not there to win the war for them. He's there to guide them. Right. Yeah. That's his job. So, uh, like that. That's like the whole reason Gandalf is like rarely uses his true power and is very limited in terms of physical participation um, in the Lord of the Rings story is because he's, he's meant to be this benevolent, almost fatherly figure to all the mortals. Yeah. Um, Oh, what if, uh, okay. It's, it kind of, what if we had two separate books, but they, dealt with the same universe but it didn't really matter if you had to read both or not you could read one and still enjoy it just as fine what if we had a batman green arrow crossover that's your more what i mean by grounded is like more human aspect of it and they might go up against a more human foe and then yeah. for the other one you could have swamp thing and animal man okay so basically just two two man crossovers yeah, because that, it that, seems like it'd be kind of hard to team all four of those up. But if you broke them yeah. up, Batman and Green Arrow, they those work together very well. And if you have Swamp Thing and Animal Man, those two work together very well. Yeah, so like Swamp that Thing and Animal Man in the more better. recent comics have basically been presented as um, two halves of the same system. So, Yeah. Yeah, I think that would probably work better all right yeah i definitely like that idea um in batman and green arrow in terms of like which group they end up with i think probably work best with aragorn legolas and gimli oh yeah yeah definitely and then as for animal man and swamp thing uh, we, we, weirdly enough, I feel like the part of the story... Pippin in the best. trees? <laughs> I don't know. Well, yeah, I, I feel like the part of the story those two would fit best into is um, Merry and Pippin. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, like, yeah. Like, after after the Ents um, basically accidentally rescue Merry and Pippin, um, Swamp yeah. Thing and Animal Man feel like they kind of fit in there. Yeah, yeah, definitely. 
Maybe maybe have Swamp Thing show is, up first and Animal Man comes in a little bit later. Yeah, I like that. Now the thing is, okay. Do we want to address it now or later of how they get into this? Or do you just want it to be like poof, they're they're there? Oh ooh, yeah. Ugh. Um yeah, oof. Oof. Had to be a real sword, didn't it? Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> let's see here. Uh, <laughs> gosh. Uh, oh. I see. Because I'm thinking, I'm thinking, which which is probably why you're smelling smoke. <laughs> and um. Oh. You see, because it's so easy. Ever since you first, because he's a character I rarely think about, but ever since you first Mixie. brought him up, <laughs> yeah, uh, Mixie's Pitlick. Um, I as like when you for, when you brought him up. Okay, and now for anyone out there, I just realized because we don't we haven't been doing character explanations for you know a bit. For anyone out there who thinks yeah. I'm having a stroke when I say that name, um. Mixie Spitlick is uh, a character in DC Comics who he's like this extra dimensional imp um, who can like, you know, basically fold realities and throw things across dimensions and all that. And the reason I say his name the way I do is because it's spelled M-X-Y-Z-P-T-L-K. And most so, people don't know how to say it. The only, the only way you can actually stop Mixie Splitting it is if you get him to say his name. Yeah. It's a so, weird rule, but... Well, you have that. to get him to say his name backwards, don't you? Yeah, yeah, that's what it is. Backwards, I think. Um, yeah, and also for those... Um, just to clarify, Tio said imp, not gimp. Don't think oh, Pulp Fiction, the gimp. Yeah, he said I, I, I-M-P, imp. Yes. <laughs> Um, he, yeah, so he, uh, I think he was introduced in the Superman comics. Yeah. I don't know which Superman series, though, because there are a uh, few. I can't remember. I know it was in, like, it, it was probably, probably around the an 50s. issue of Action Comics. Yeah. Either Action Comics or, like, the Adventures of Superman. I don't know when they started publishing Adventures of Superman, though. Yeah, plus back then, I mean, it, it wasn't serious. It was just, like... Every issue of Superman was just a whole nother random story. Same thing with Batman back then. He's kind of my go-to like explanation for, oh, this is how a character, you know, ends up in this. This is how the Justice League ends up in the One Piece universe. This is how, uh, how the Lantern yeah. Rings end up in in the Marvel universe, that sort of thing. But uh, the, like because he's an easy explanation. Yeah. Um, and as for, yeah, as yeah. for this story right here, uh, here's what I'm, I'm trying to think, maybe you can help me, uh, flesh it out or change my mind or something. What if, uh, Swamp Thing is able to sense or feel the green in like other well, that universes? Would be nuts. Yeah, I mean, like, he's already yeah, yeah, super he overpowered. What's, like, one more thing? 
what if he's able to sense a suffering amongst uh yeah it'll work. well that is actually <laughs> one of the core um parts of lord of the rings is the toll that war takes on nature and the toll that industrialism yeah. takes on nature because uh the way that yeah, especially yeah. saruman uh like the way it portrays the urukai of isengard that saruman like controls um like they're very industrial ripping down trees burning them for fuel building these giant horrifying machines that sort of thing so it's like and that's that's why the ents played such a crucial role in bringing isengard down is because mary and pippin guided treebeard to that field of like dead trees and all that and when uh at least this is the movie yeah. version. I'm still less than halfway through uh, the Two Towers book, so I I have no idea how it plays out in the book. But in the movie version, they like they basically right. had to trick Treebeard into wandering into a field of dead trees so that he and the other Ents would finally become angry enough to retaliate against Isaac. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, like one of the core themes of Lord of the Rings is the toll that war takes on nature and like the earth. Okay. So possibly have swamp thing sense this or feel this, like this destruction that is happening and it, it really strikes yeah. a chord with them. And maybe. Hmm. I don't want to say he can, because this would make him even more overpowered. I was about to say maybe he can like uh, use the green and other universes and basically construct a, a thing of himself. Yeah, and how the other three guys but, get over there? Yeah, uh, they get sucked in. That's the thing. How how I wanted not, to because I, I know that. the swamp thing and man thing are basically equivalents of each other man thing basically being the marvel version of swamp thing for those unfamiliar uh, yeah and but the man thing um he lives in the everglades of florida where the nexus of all realities is located for some reason and he uh protects that which like if this were a marvel crossover sure it'd be easy to just make make man thing go through the portal because yeah. he actually protects a portal to all realities but uh for dc swamp thing yeah. it's like nah he's just a defender of plant life so cross, yeah. cross dimensional travel okay, especially I, carrying I other the... people through those dimensions would be a lot more difficult yeah at, at the very least i think uh we should possibly hold on to the idea that he can sense what's going on in yeah. this other universe in terms of uh, the green and stuff. Um, getting there, I'm still thinking about that. One thing that I was kind of trying to think, because I, I would like to have one or two DC villains also get thrown yeah. into here, and the villain I would like Batman and Green Arrow, because we had mentioned like at one point they split up, maybe whenever they do the cross-dimensional thing, which we'll get into how that happens yeah. in a second. Whenever they do the cross-dimensional thing, it puts them at separate planes. I mean, uh, Mary and Pippin, they were away from yeah. the others, so you could basically just 
have the separate parties be dropped in yeah. those separate places. But um, what I was kind of thinking is Batman and Green Arrow's villain being Deathstroke. Maybe before they get thrown into this uh, this different reality, maybe Batman and Green Arrow are are teamed up in the DC universe and they're going after Deathstroke. Um, And whenever they get sent to this other universe, it's all three of them. All three of them are thrown into this other universe. Deathstroke is thrown into a separate part of it. And then eventually they meet up and they'll have to fight. But the reason I say Deathstroke is I think it would be, I mean, like one, a Batman and Green Arrow Deathstroke fight yeah. would be really cool. Um, but also, uh, it'd be really interesting because I'm, I'm getting like old Teen Titans show vibes where Slade actually gets possessed by Trigon okay, and all that yeah. stuff. I, I, didn't, I um, didn't watch a whole lot it'd of It'd be very Titans, interesting. Uh, cartoon show. So I'm not familiar with all yeah. the storylines. Well, it'd be really interesting for Sauron using his power to, I mean, just say possess Slade or at the very least do like a Majin thing where it's like kind of a possession. Um, and with that, like in terms of look wise, like it's Slade, but like uh, his one eye that's showing, maybe it's like, glowing red or it's like fire coming out of it or something like the eye of sauron I that sort of crap. I, you see I, um i'm not I don't know. Totally I was... certain that possession is the way to go um and because because here's kind of what i'm thinking um saruman and sauron both uh are able to recruit like the large forces that they're able to get like outside just the orcs at urukai because um, they they made promises. Yeah. Um, like, the reason Saruman oh, okay. even joined okay. Sauron, Saruman was supposed to be the White Wizard. He was supposed to be the wisest of them all. But he was seduced yeah. by Sauron's promises of shared power, um, which is why Gandalf had to replace him. Okay. So, uh, and then Saruman also had, like, he had Wormtongue working for him. And then Wormtongue went and whispered Saruman's lies into King Theoden's ear, which is why King Theoden had to be like exercised by Gandalf. Um, and, oh, okay. and Wormtongue had to be cast out of Rohan. And uh, then you've got like, uh, I don't know what sort of deal they made with the Easterlings to get them on their side, but they, they made a deal. So it's like, like they, they made, they made promises. Um, the reason that the yeah. uh, nine ring raids even exist is because uh, uh, their rings, back when they were kings of men, told them that you know joining up with Sauron would make them strong. If I'm not mistaken, um, like like oh. Sauron, he's you know he's a very clear. Uh, he and his master both are very obvious, um, uh, like Satan analogs. For Middle Earth, so like they get most right, of what right. they want by, uh, um, you know, telling lies, making deals and promises, um, and yeah. okay, maybe you could uh, maybe you just have a 
a deal or promise be made yeah. to Deathstroke from uh Sauron Yeah, one thing I was Sauron. thinking is like Deathstroke lands in like um Isengard and uh so like Sar he meets Saruman and then Saruman tells him in his really deep, awesome Christopher Lee voice, um, you know, uh, uh, you know what, whatever it is you want, I can get it for you. You know, that sort of thing. Uh, and, and Deathstroke's like, I want money. Or whatever. And I feel like Deathstroke, yeah, I feel like <laughs> Deathstroke wouldn't really care much because he's like, hey, not my world, right? So, so yeah, they, yeah. they, I feel like they put Saruman's white hand mark on the black half of uh, Deathstroke's mask and send him out. Because that looks okay, cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And he like basically leads I don't know, like a troop of Urukai probably. And then and then the Urukai yeah, are like, no why you know, why are we following um, you know, a weak little little man into battle you know we urukai are strong we can take care of ourselves and maybe deathstroke has to kill one of them to prove a point like uh -uh. yeah 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 definitely like i won't tolerate insubordination on a mission we're professionals yeah yeah because that's the thing like basically the rest of this is a a mission to him like he's just he's a mercenary he's trying to get what he wants yeah. and to do that he's got to basically accomplish the mission so that's how he sees it the rest of the way yeah so so yeah so that's deathstroke's role and then deathstroke you know go going out i feel like this story ends i feel like this story basically is encompassed entirely within the confines of the two towers um, I don't feel like I feel like it starts okay, shortly yeah, yeah. after Fellowship ends and ends like right before Return of the King begins. I feel like it can be encompassed within the two towers because I okay. feel like is it the is it during the battle or the the battle? Yeah, well, I'm, like what I'm saying is like well, just like kind of the two towers in general. Um, like I I think uh, okay, I got you. I think it ends the the Batman and Green Arrow half. I think ends with Batman and Green Arrow helping with the um, uh, the battle at what's that fort called? Um, I I I, know I don't know why I'm suddenly camping. blanking on the name of this fort. Hang on, um, now I have to look it up because it's annoying me. Helm's Deep. I don't know how I forgot that. Okay, oh, the battle. Yeah, the battle I don't know how I forgot the, that. I so yeah, um, yeah, I think that Batman and Green Arrow, their like their half of the crossover ends at at um, them helping with the Battle of Helm's Deep and you know help, helping to defend all the people of Rohan against the Urukai until Gandalf shows up, um, and then yeah. Uh, the Swamp Thing and Animal Man part, I think, ends with the Ents marching on Isengard and Swamp Thing and Animal Man help them with that. And both of those are events that took place within the two towers. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so we know Swamp Thing senses it. So we have a a starting point there, but actually getting there. Yeah. 
Yeah, you know, Swamp Thing senses it. So you get this moment where he sneaks into Animal Man's house, walks into his bedroom and nudges his shoulder. And he's like, hey, hey, buddy. Because that's Animal Man's name is Buddy. Buddy, oh, God, wake up. And, 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 and Animal Man, Buddy, like starts swatting him away like it's one of his kids because he's happily married with two children. Um, oh. <laughs> uh, starts swatting away. He's like, uh, go away. He's like, uh, like, like it's one of his kids. So then Swamp Thing grabs him and shakes him and says, Buddy! And Buddy's like, what? And then he looks at him and he's like, oh, because he wasn't expecting a big swamp monster. <laughs> <laughs> and Swamp Thing's like, plants are dying in other universes. Cool. So, <laughs> go back to sleep. <laughs> so Buddy's like, have you been smoking any of your plants? <laughs> Dude, I'm for real. Kind of, it's serious. It kind of sounds like it. <laughs> So he's just like, plants are dying in other universes. I need your help saving them. <laughs> okay, real quick, real quick, before we continue, I'm I'm assuming there's been like Swamp Thing and Animal Animal Man crossovers before. Oh yeah. Um, have you ever read Rock World? Okay. Okay. Do they ever do That's like funny. a uh do they ever do like a um like a crossover where Swamp Thing is like the very serious person like basically like uh like drax and guardians of the galaxy one because if, yeah. if you watch those movies drax changed a lot but guardians of the galaxy one drax and then uh like basically a super comedic character like animal man um i don't i don't think it's been done with animal man uh animal man and swamp thing both seem to take themselves pretty seriously i mean i know I- Oh, I was saying I'm. Uh, I know DC's more for their drama and and that sort of stuff, the more soap opera type stuff. But uh, yeah, it, it'd be cool to see like a a crossover like that with these two weird characters and like yeah, just have not buddy cop because we we use that too much, but basically where like their personalities <laughs> we use are, that one a lot, huh? Yeah, <laughs> their personalities are like very different, like uh. Swamp Thing is basically like a Drax type character from Guardians One, and then Animal Man is like your more like goofy, funny person, like uh, like Peter Quill or something. Yeah, but yeah, um, in the Rot World crossover, I've only read the Swamp Thing half of it. I still need to read the Animal Man half of it. But in the Rot World crossover, like they both seem to take themselves pretty seriously because they both had a lot to do. Because yeah, it yeah. involved the two of them being cast into like a horrifying alternate future, where all most of the world's superheroes have been turned into like rot monsters. Um, oh, that's so not a, that's not a superhero. Yeah, so. <laughs> yeah. So they yeah they they had to work together to like get back to the present. Okay. Um, yeah, it was a uh, a pretty a pretty self serious crossover. Okay. Oh, why? I just, I just want to see like more like random humor stuff with like some of these characters that don't get a ton of love because I feel like it yeah. helped those characters. Like, I mean, the whole Hawkeye book. Like, I heard it's good, but I heard it's like a great comedy book. So, and like, yeah, that's what I've heard too. The the one written by Matt Fraction. Yeah, yeah. That's what I've heard too. Apparently, the Hawkeye Disney Plus series is mostly going to be drawing from uh, from that. Okay, that's good. Yeah, I, I just think uh, 
don't know. I think that's a, an interesting route to go with smaller characters. And obviously it worked out for Hawkeye in the comics. But anyway, uh, Swamp Thing and Animal Man, uh, you said Swamp Thing goes into the house, possibly high, not really, saying like, hey, man, like <laughs> oh yeah, I was, I was doing all that as a joke. Yeah, yeah, I know. These plants, man, they're like in another universe and they're like, they're calling to me, man. They want my help. Are you there? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm here. I was just wondering if there was <laughs> no, any more to that. Uh, <laughs> basically, the rest of it was the whole Animal Man thing, just waking up. Yeah. Um, so, no, I he think, addresses I think what... Animal Man about it. Swamp Thing addresses Animal Man about this. About this yeah, he has to, yeah, he approaches him somehow. Um, probably like a... I don't know, probably just, like, manifesting himself in, like, yeah, one of the trees or in the lawn or something <laughs> at Animal Man's house. Because, like I said, Animal Man is married with kids. Um, and at the start... <laughs> his, his kids are, like, uh, one of them's, like, swinging on a tire swing and, like, a face <laughs> appears on the tree and is, like, is your dad home? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, the, and the, one of the interesting things is... It, and, um, in the new 52 series written by uh, Jeff Lemire, uh, probably my favorite comic book writer working today. Um, he, uh, it's actually explains that animal man is not the avatar of the red. Uh, okay. instead it's, it's his daughter. His daughter is oh. the avatar of the red. And the reason he has the powers is because he's her protector. Okay. That's pretty cool. So he he basically exists to be his own daughter's bodyguard in terms of like you know, the cosmic story. the cosmic balance of all things and all that. Yeah, that's an interesting uh, huh. storyline. I'm sure like there's a great uh, great arcs with that. Some some loving moments. Yeah, I I need to read more Jeff Lemire Animal Man because I've only read the first volume of it so far. Um. So I need to, I need to read. Oh, more I just thought about that. it. Jeff Lemire writing it. Oh yeah, it's got to be. That's that's perfect book, especially if you have that uh, that father daughter relationship. Because Jeff Lemire, like half of his books, deal with like a, a father daughter relationship, a, a father child relationship. Yeah. So like that's yeah, like yeah, perfect. Well, I, I've noticed it. It mostly seems to be like a father and a daughter. Does he have a daughter? Um, I'm not entirely sure. I know he has a kid. I don't know if it's yeah. a, a boy or a girl, but he, he does do like father son stuff here and there, like okay. with, uh, the underwater welder and different stuff like that. Yeah. Cause, cause I will say like animal man, black hammer, even bloodshot salvation, all of them yeah. have very strong father daughter relationships in them, even if it's not always, you know, biological. Yeah. Um, yeah there's there's always some like core father-daughter relationship yeah definitely a big theme you see in his books that's yeah that is interesting it's a theme that i'm just now noticing like yeah three three jeff lemire books on my (laughs) shelf all right and you know what Uh, i haven't read it yet but uh ascender ascender is about like 
Andy's yeah, daughter, isn't it's it? About his daughter, yeah. So it's another father daughter relationship. Yeah. <laughs> or I mean, like, well, yeah, that's that. That's more of a brother brother relationship. I was about to say Andy and uh, Tim. Yeah, but... D- Descender is more of a brother story. Yeah. But, yeah. Uh, but Ascender seems to be more of a fatherly one. Yeah. Okay, so but yeah, so animal man, so swamp thing like will manifest in a tree or something, and yeah, like yeah. you said, one of his kids is on a tire swing, um, because he has a son and a daughter. The son is older and the daughter is younger. Okay, um, but yeah, like he man, man, swamp thing like manifests in a tree, and he's like, "Is your father home?" Ah! <laughs> the tree talked to me. <laughs> but he's like the tree talk to you he looks at it and it's the shape of swamp thing's face he's like oh god <laughs> it's like you can't be doing this man <laughs> I am sorry like uh like a- after after buddy walks up to the swamp thing tree and he's like what are you doing dude swamp thing just like doesn't oh even, yeah yeah doesn't <laughs> like 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 uh like, like, buddy's like, you can't, you can't come around manifesting in trees and scaring my kids, man. And Swamp Thing doesn't yeah. even address it. He's just like plants in other universes. Yeah, that's that sounds good. All right, so that, so essentially, like, he'll uh, talk Animal Man into it. Um, so they both find out about it. Um, should Batman and Green Arrow? even find out about it or do they somehow just get thrown into this universe I think Batman and Green Arrow are better taken by surprise and you get this moment of like Batman like kind of trying to analyze the situation like oh we're in the middle of the woods what's going on here and Green Arrow's like oh we're in the middle of the woods and then once they find people it's like oh (laughs) we're in medieval time it like uh, kind of uh, makes me think yeah. like slight little tangent of uh, Batman Ninja when Batman gets thrown in. Have you seen that? Oh yeah. Oh my gosh, you gotta see it. You need to watch it. I've with not your mom. seen that. One That'd yet. be a good uh, good animated movie to watch with her. It's uh, it's it's so good. Alrighty. That's such a that's such a funny, <laughs> funny statement to hear without context. At first, <laughs> yeah, Tio you on his YouTube channel, he watches animated uh-huh. movies with his mom. There's, there's people's context. Um, yeah, but uh, yeah, yeah, it is, Wait, yeah, it is so good because like it's, <laughs> it feels very anime. Whenever you get into the the ancient Japan uh, world, there's a lot of anime stuff that happens in it to where you're like, oh my gosh, this is like a love letter to like comics and anime like it's yeah. it's really good you should really watch it okay you see it, i you see when i whenever i saw trailers for it i was thinking like oh they're just kind of using firstly it's 3d animated yeah um, I get that. which was a little it, it looked really good um, and secondly yeah and secondly i was thinking like oh they're I understand it's animated by a Japanese studio, but it feels like they're using anime no, as window no. dressing for a Batman story. But hearing this now, yes. hearing that it's like it's a very anime 
movie, it's like, oh well, that'll that'll be interesting to to see a Batman. Yeah, movie it's like within the first the five to lens. ten minutes is when he's thrown into it, and the rest of it feels very much animate, and it's really good. Okay. Yeah, definitely. All right. Well, then out. I think I'll definitely give that a shot, and yeah, I, we really we might good. we might do that one for the channel. Okay. So, <laughs> so uh, Swamp Thing and oh, Animal right. Man, they find out. So, yeah. So, yeah. Batman, so Green, Batman Arrow. Green Arrow. And, and, and I, I, I feel like Legolas would take a look at Green Arrow's bow and be like, <laughs> what manner of bow is this? My elf eyes have never seen a bow like this. You want to cross bows? <laughs> Aragorn's like Legolas what do your elf eyes see and, and Legolas <laughs> is like I'm not sure some kind of strange bow but yeah okay this man is dressed entirely in green <laughs> which is actually not it's, weird it's, for us it's pretty normal <laughs> That's actually kind of that's like the most that's the most normal thing about him for us. The other guy, on the other hand, why do you look like a? What's with the? Uh, what's with why the? Why do you look like a, what's, a what's rat, rat knight? <laughs> You're a rat knight. I'm a rat man. Okay. <laughs> A Batman. <laughs> that's, that's Batman's entire dialogue contribution is just saying, I'm Batman! That iconic line. <laughs> no, but... Okay, we need to give um, Batman and Green Arrow a reason to care about what Aragorn, Gimli, and Legolas are doing. Like, outside yeah. of trying to... Well, well first, right? we gotta figure out how... Um, how um, when they meet them... How they get poofed into this world them and deathstroke so we already said they could be like going after deathstroke right, and something yes. happens but what happens yeah oh okay um, oh well okay. you say your thing right. first okay um my thought is uh maybe <sighs> Okay, so Saruman communicates to Sauron through this right. like crystal ball thing called a Palantir. And so one thing I'm thinking is while Saruman is communicating with Sauron through this thing, Sauron reveals that like um like oh the, the Palantir can can reach across planes and you can find other other um Right, right. Like warriors or fighters or whatever to help us with with our our cause and so saruman uses the palantir to reach across universes uh-huh. and he finds deathstroke and so he like uses his his evil his evil bad bad juju magic um to to bring deathstroke into the middle earth but he can't do it without accidentally bringing yeah they're like the they're near him or they're in the midst the of a moment. fight that sort of thing yeah yeah uh, the only thing he can do is yeah. kind of push Green Arrow and Batman further away. And he ends up just accidentally sending them to Amon Hen, 
right as um, uh, Aragorn, Gimli, and Legolas are yeah. sending Boromir's body down the Anduin. I feel bad for anyone that hasn't watched Lord of the Rings. Art. <laughs> it's like, what are you saying? Oh, yeah. Um, and the Anduin is a river. Yeah. And Amon Hen is a place that's like near the river. Um, okay, so that. That's where. It's yeah, where. So that explains how. where the character Boromir died. Batman, Green Arrow, and Deathstroke get there. How do Animal Man, Animal Man and Swamp Thing get there? Oh, or, or could it possibly be there's All like right. still uh okay there's okay. still like not residue of uh not the portal I, I, don't, I wouldn't really call it a portal but the residue of this transit that basically took Batman and uh Deathstroke and Green Arrow into this world and this is like Swamp Thing this was like a month ago whenever he was talking or not a month ago like a week ago whenever he was talking to animal man about like hey we gotta like go to this place and uh whenever that portal appeared like he sensed it like he he felt like that world being brought into our world because of that that portal that got deathstroke in and uh maybe because of that um because swamp thing can basically not teleport but use the green and plant life and all that crap to basically appear anywhere. Um, Maybe he... Um, That is is one possibility. Another possibility is uh, something that's kind of explored in um, the Rot World crossover is uh, like the green and the red both have these places, like these sort of pocket dimensions, I guess, that do exist outside of space and time to a certain degree. Um, and, and for Swamp Thing, it's where the Parliament of Trees resides, which is, uh, like a, like an elder council made up of previous avatars, um, basically previous Swamp Things. Um, and then for Animal Man, it's the Parliament of, I, I don't remember what it's called, like Parliament of Flesh or something like that. I don't remember. Um, but, uh, that one is made up of previous avatars of the Red. So I feel like Animal Man and Swamp Thing could each pass through their respective like life web pocket dimensions and into uh, like Middle Earth through that if they're you know able to sense the suffering of their respective like life things from other dimensions, then like that means that their things reach into those dimensions, so they can like I feel like they could probably pass through it. Okay, to yeah, go that works. To those places. No, no, no. Yeah, uh, that definitely works. Like what it, I just said makes any sense at all. It, it fits better and also <laughs> explains why they're like so far from the whole Batman and Green Arrow thing going on. So that works. Now, here's the thing. Yeah. Um, is there a villain for Swamp Thing and Animal Man? Okay, now that yeah, there that's the that's the hard part there, because um, the the shared they do have a shared villain in in the rot, but the rot isn't really like one person. The rot 
is you know a a a energy force it's it's um it's like a it's kind of like the red and green life webs but instead of representing life the rot represents death and it's not supposed to be evil it's just okay. very easily corrupted by its avatars um uh because it's because you know death isn't inherently evil it's a part of life so uh but yeah like the rot's not supposed to be evil it's just they're they're especially one guy named um i think it was like anton arcane or something like that he uh he wanted to be the avatar of of the rot but his niece abigail arcane who is also the uh, the love interest for swamp thing was supposed to be the true avatar of the rot so he i think like tried to steal and siphon her power but and and that's okay. how the whole rot world thing came about but Animal Man and Swamp Thing defeated him. Abigail became the true avatar of the Rot, and um, like things became balanced between the okay. three. What if the Rot webs? What if the Rot um, can so like, uh, let's say extend itself to different universes? And what if um, it took Avatar and someone in the Middle Earth realm? Yeah, that does. Yeah, that's that works. Uh, but who would his avatar be, though? Because I feel like um, yeah. Sauron would not be happy with another potentially malicious entity suddenly taking root in Middle Earth and trying to uh, basically right. steal the power he's been working so hard for so many centuries for. Sauron's like, I'm the only evil nebulous force allowed here. <laughs> this fictional continent. Now, in terms of like a, an avatar for the rot, like, what would you think about like, uh, not this one particularly, but I mean, like, in ex- this is an example. Like in the Hobbit movie, you had that orc, like or whatever he was. I don't know, like that commanding. Uh, yeah. Yeah, like, uh, what if you Az- had Azog? something like that, where it's like a high commander, basically, and the rot takes uh, takes Avatar in them? Okay. Yeah, that would be interesting. Kind, kind of like um, uh, well, not him because he's dead already. But I was gonna say Lurts, the Urukai that killed uh, Boromir. Um, he's a guy oh, who yeah, yeah, yeah. Swamp Thing and a, an Animal Man they come into uh, this universe to stop these this uh, rot avatar and Batman and Green Arrow they're in this universe just kind of trying to get their bearings because they were accidentally thrown into this universe and then they ultimately uh, go up against Deathstroke yes um, so I think what happens is Batman and Green Arrow show up on um, the banks of the Anduin River where Aragorn, Legolas, and Gimli have just sent Boromir's body on that boat like up the river. Yeah, or yeah. down the river. Whatever you would... It would be down the river since that's the direction it flows, I guess. <laughs> um, and, and, you know, they, they show up and... You know, there's that, you know, immediate, like, oh, who are you, strangers? Yeah, yeah. Um, 
I feel like especially Green Arrow would be initially put off by this. It's like, what, is there a Renaissance Fair in town? Yeah, yeah. Um, and Batman, you know, would be curious about it. Batman, I, I feel like if we're going with an interpretation of Batman who has his Bat computer installed in his suit, like the Arkham games, um, yeah, we could we could have him like try to contact Alfred or the Bat computer or something, and like there's just no signal. Yeah, he's got nothing but his good old fashioned detective skills and however many batarangs he packed. Yeah, and, and eventually he, movie. yeah, eventually he deduces that like. Uh... They at first they probably think they were sent back in time, but then once they see like all this crazy stuff or hear all this crazy stuff about Sauron and all this stuff, and then they're like, okay, that's not that's not our past. Yeah, that's not our history. Yeah. <laughs> and then uh, they get back to the present. They talk to Wonder Woman about it, and she's like, oh yeah, I remember hearing about that. I was like, it's crazy stuff. They just don't really, they don't really write about it in the history books. I don't know why. Lost tomes and all that. (laughs) You know, like Atlantis. Then Aquaman's like, what's that? (laughs) Oh, nothing. And then you just hear Aquaman walking off, like, mm, yeah, mommy. <laughs> mommy. Because I just... assume he just walks around saying that to himself. <laughs> he's he's basically just a walking action figure. He only has like five or six lines, and it's basically like a push button or pull string type thing where he can only say those five or six lines. Yeah. And it just he... repeats after each other. He watches the uh the simulation episode of Rick and Morty. And every time, every time that mailman is on there, my man, he's just responds with my man, <laughs> my man, my man, my man, my man. Mira's like, can you stop watching Rick and Morty? I'm trying to sleep. My woman. <laughs> okay. All right. <laughs> Alright, so yeah, like they, they're in Middle Earth, they realize it's not actually their history that they're experiencing, so it's like, okay, you know, going back in time isn't out of the question, but going back in time in our world is. So, yeah. they're, uh, but yeah, they, uh, they, they basically hear of Aragorn, Legolas, and Gimli's plight. They're like, oh yeah, uh, we lost a couple buddies in that direction. A couple more ran off in that direction and, and they point across the river because yeah, that's yeah. the direction Frodo and Sam went. Yeah. And they're like and then this the like the second of two dead buddies just died. So <laughs> we're uh we're a little strapped for people right now. So Batman and Green Arrow offer their tracking skills to help them track yeah. down the Urukai that took uh Mary and Pippin. Cause they've got Oh, did you, did you break up? Did you what? No, I'm just okay. Uh, you started to like fade thing? out as you were saying. Uh, oh, tracking yeah, down the Urukai. Yeah, tracking down the Urukai that took Mary and Pippin. Okay. 
Uh, yeah, sorry. No, that's fine. But, I, can, yeah, I guess I trailed can, off uh, a little bit. No, 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 yeah. Basically, it can. Uh, yeah, they uh, they join forces because yeah, they clearly see like, hmm, I can't. We can't really travel back in time because it's not our time. So uh, I guess we should kind of go along for the ride for now, and then uh, eventually an opportunity will come. That sort of thing. Yeah. Yeah, so they travel with them. So now it's five dudes running across the plains instead of three. Batman's got that big heavy cape. They're doing a lot of day <laughs> running, so Batman's black suit is absorbing. Oh, Batman's of just like, yeah, he's just sweating. So sweaty, and everyone's just like, oh my gosh, you smell like balls. Like, goodness. <laughs> he's, <laughs> he's probably trained for this sort of thing, though, for like emergencies. That's fine. That doesn't mean he's not going to smell. <laughs> Oh, yeah, no, he still smells bad. I'm just saying, like, he's probably not. Oh, yeah, I'm sure Batman's. Yeah, I'm sure Batman's ready for this type of stuff. I'm saying, like, everyone else is like, oh, goodness, can't you, like, at least take off the take off the cowl or something? It smells off. It's like, you no can never know my identity. You want to know my secret identity? Oh, my gosh. What does it matter if they know his identity? And you know what? That's True. something Batman would think of, too. I feel like Batman would ditch yeah. the cape and cowl. Yeah, possibly. And then just like... There's not, re- yeah, there's not really anywhere... There's not really anywhere he can, like, uh, glide off of. So, I mean, yeah, he might yeah. ditch the... Oh, yeah, ditch at the least not until they get to Helm's Deep. Yeah, yeah. And whenever they... Uh, they could, Yeah, they could get somewhere and, like, uh, you could have, like, a a change in costume for Batman. You can change Green Arrow's costume a little bit. Um, you yeah. could say it's like, you could say it's modern day Green Arrow is what he looks like. And then whenever uh, he gets a costume change, it looks like basically Robin Hood. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say like, maybe the Rohirrim provide him with some clothing and he is, and he goes up to Bruce and he's like, Hey Bruce, check out the new duds. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, and Batman could have like a, he look like a true dark knight. That'd be cool. Yeah. Yeah. True dark knight. Give him a helmet with bat ears on it. Yeah. And, uh, okay. Now there is one thing though. Um, we can go with an interpretation of green arrow. Who's at least semi comfortable killing non-human things. Um, how do we get around Batman? Uh, Batman doesn't kill them. You could just say he uh, he stuns them. He's got all kinds of crap in his utility belt and all that stuff where he can just yeah. knock people out and stuff. Yeah, okay. Cool. But this is a war. Those orcs can, like, when they're done being stunned and knocked out, like, if they're not a dead body, they're going to get up and start stabbing. Right, but I mean, like, Batman can... Okay, Batman, yes, he doesn't kill, but honestly, sometimes it's like, Batman, why didn't you just kill that person? I think it would have been more humane than what you did. Um, Batman is brutal sometimes. Um, He can definitely incapacitate some people. Like, they're lying on the ground, legs broken sort of thing, like... You you don't see it too much in modern day comics, but Batman, yeah, he's 
He's not the most yeah. careful person. Yeah. Oh yeah, he's they, definitely they like to like, play that up. Yeah, he's definitely like horrendously brutal in the Arkham games. Yeah. So yeah. Um Okay, no, so yeah, so he can basically ma- name as many orcs as he- what's that? I, I was basically what you were saying. I could see him uh, just incapacitating a ton of orcs. Yeah, yeah. He, he he's he's free to maim as many orcs as he want. I got he wants, I guess. And then like probably the the humans once the battle's over, they're just gonna go around stabbing bodies. Yeah, yeah. On the ground, just to be certain. Yeah. You're like that dude for some reason won't kill any of these guys, so I guess we gotta make sure use hours of our time. <laughs> to make sure that all these bodies are just bodies and then someone's like Batman like you see they're killing them like why why didn't you just kill them like it's it's the same outcome like your your philosophy isn't really making sense right here if don't I, question me I'm the Batman don't question me if I kill if I kill a killer the number of killers in the world stays the same. No, no, like you had the opportunity to kill a lot of them. That would have drastically decreased the number. What was the... Oh, God. That, I, that, think this, that I think this would... works if you, kill, if, if you limit yourself to killing one person. What was that quote that he said to Ra's al Ghul in <laughs> Batman Begins? Like I on the train? No, no, no. It was on oh, the train. Um, no, on the train. I won't kill you, but I don't have to save you. Yeah, that's basically what it is like. What the heck are you talking about, Batman? <laughs> They're still dying. I actually like that line, though. No, I'm saying like that line, like almost kind of fits with this. It's like, okay, like why aren't you saving them right now? Then <laughs> they're being stabbed because they're bad guys. <laughs> then why didn't you kill them, Batman? Because I don't kill anybody. But you just watch people kill people. But they're bad guys. Batman, you have very flawed logic. Don't question me. <laughs> I feel like Batman would be okay with letting it happen because it's cle- he's clearly in a more primitive time in a world that doesn't belong to him. Like I feel like Batman would have um, not a non-interventionalist like philosophy, but like... Um, I feel like he wouldn't be intrusive about it. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, oh, it's your world. I, I don't want to step on anyone's toes. Kill as you <laughs> may. Yeah. I don't want to be rude or anything, so. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like you have a conversation between Batman and Oliver, and Oliver could be like chiding Batman like, hey, you know they're going around stabbing bodies. Well, you know why aren't you going and saving all those those orc looking guys? And Batman's like, have you seen the situation we're in? It's like Braveheart, if if Braveheart was a Dungeons and Dragons game. But still, <laughs> these are these are real creatures, Batman. He's like, exactly, they're creatures. They're not human. Yeah. It's like, wow, that's or, very prejudiced, Batman. <laughs> yeah. Or or even even more like. Even more one-linery, you could say they're not real in our world. <laughs> that's that's pretty messed up, Batman. 
So you're telling right. me that, man. You're fine if people die on Earth too. That's essentially what you're saying. <laughs> so that's that's Earth Two's Batman's problem. <laughs> We're uh we have to establish a very pragmatically minded Batman for this to work. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> a ba- a Batman who wants to save as many people as he can, but is still realistic about what he can achieve. Yeah. <laughs> You're not going to have like a, like a peacekeeper type Batman where he's like, guys, guys, <laughs> these, <laughs> whoa, whoa. these we edged weapons, we can't use them. You need to use like a, like a, a wooden stick. Just, just use that. Come on, like, uh, please. You know, like the old like the old guy has, you know, the one with the beard. He just stick <laughs> around. Are you talking about Gandalf? Yeah, that guy. It's like uh it's like Gan- old Gandalf, uh, Gandalf Tartakovsky. It's like old uh old Teddy Ro- Roosevelt, his saying about carrying around a big stick. They're like, Who's Teddy Roosevelt? Oh yeah. Uh <laughs> forget that. Yeah, Batman and Green Arrow, they jog with Aragorn, Legolas, and Gimli to go after Merry and Pippin. They find the pile of burning bodies. Uh, Aragorn kicks the helmet. Viggo Mortensen breaks his toe. Um, what was that? No, I was laughing a little. Oh, okay. It sounded like you just blew into your microphone. It's my nostrils. Oh, uh, okay. Um, and then uh, uh, Aomer and the Riders of Rohan show up and they're like, yeah, we started, we burned these bodies a while ago. What are you guys doing out here? And then they tell them. And they're like, okay. And they leave. And then you get to uh, the woods where this is just turning into Lord of the Rings, but Green Arrow and Batman tag along for the second book. That's what it sounds like. <laughs> but hey, um, eventually they'll get to Duster. Yeah. And you can, like, during during oh, these yeah, times, yeah. You, you can you have, like, have these. That's right. Yeah. Well, during these cut, times, cut you can moments. have, like, cuts, yeah, to Deathstroke yeah. and, and all Where that. Where Deathstroke stuff. is tied with Saruman. And... Yeah. Yeah, okay. So, yeah, so your name Saruman? My name's Slade. Whoa, look at that. Both start with an S. Want to be best buds? Someone's like, I do not have time for best buds. <laughs> Want to be... Besides, my best... My best bud is Sauron. <laughs> and, then, and then the eye pops up in the Palantir, and it's like, whoa, a little fast there, Sauron. <laughs> You don't consider us was, best buds? All I did was just offer you some power, man. It's like this is it was a business deal. And I saw how you were handling the power you had before. And I was like, hey, maybe you could handle a little bit more. But, but what about us being buds? <laughs> Look, I've already got a best bud. <laughs> 
<laughs> and then you just hear this echo from deep within the earth of Morgoth being like, whoa, 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 Sauron, hold on. <laughs> and it just keeps escalating. <laughs> uh, oh, I feel like that... Uh... <laughs> okay, I know I'm just making a joke here. Well, then like who's your does... best bud? <laughs> Who is Morgoth's best bud? <laughs> Um, Morgoth, for those who um, care, I guess, but don't know, in Middle-earth, Morgoth is like the evil guy who's a step above Sauron. He's like the evil of the evil. He's the bad bad. He's the Satan equivalent for uh, for Middle-earth. Um, so, like, for for those watching Lord of the Rings thinking, like, oh, man, Sauron's the bad, like, the big bad bad. It's like, no... Even Sauron has a master. Yeah. So. So yeah, it's uh, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <What> is... <laughs> Sauron's just like Sauron's just like I, but I, I did this because I wanted to be your best bud. We were, but we cuddled. All all of this was for you. I thought I thought we were going to be best bud, just like I. But I did all this for you. I I went against what I was just to be your best bud. And Sauron's like, "Look, dude, this is getting awkward. I gotta hang up." No, wait, wait. <laughs> the palantir goes dark. <laughs> yeah. That's what that's what Lord of the Rings knowledge gets you is deep multi-layered jokes about <laughs> ner- nerdy stuff. Aren't you happy I filled my brain with this instead of world history? <laughs> Alrighty, so, <laughs> um, yeah, okay, so I guess, yeah, for Batman and Green Arrow's part, it's mostly going to be just, like, Lord of the Rings, but Batman and Green Arrow tag along. Yeah. Um, and, like, the real, the real change here is gonna be Deathstroke with Saruman. Yeah. Um, and Deathstroke gets the white handprint on the black side of his his helmet yeah um because it looks cool and uh he goes out with his orcs kills one of them to prove a point um and then you know he's, he, he goes out with the orcs gets some drinks uh goes bowling takes some killing people um <laughs> goes clubbing like, with saruman yeah like basically uh, Deathstroke is the is going to be the one leading the Urukai uh, across Rohan and all the raiding parties that they did. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that when the people of Rohan are all collecting in Helm's Deep, uh, like Deathstroke is the one leading the army there, basically, instead okay. of whichever orc it was that did it in the books and movies. Um, and you get you get that bit where 
So by this point, Batman and Green Arrow have both met Gandalf the White. Yeah. Because they already passed through the forest, and Gandalf was like, don't even trip over Merry and Pippin, y'all. I got that taken care of. Yeah. Um, and uh, then, then Gandalf shows up at the end of the Battle of Helm's Deep and helps them defeat Deathstroke. And, yeah. and Green Arrow and Batman are both like, wait, 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 don't kill the leader. He, um, he's going back with us. Yeah. It's like, wait, but, but you were okay with everyone else dying. Yeah. 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 But you this, this guy, yeah, yeah. But this guy, he's, he's in our, our universe. Oh, so you're yeah, saying yeah, you're, only gonna ki- you're only going to kill, you're only going, you're only going to keep safe. Those that are from your universe, you're okay with killing others in other universes. Look, Gandalf, it's complicated. All right. <laughs> We uh, we come from like in our world. We come from a country that his has a bit of a dodgy history with international interventions. <laughs> so uh, we're a little cautious about that sort of thing. Sounds right. to me that so, you uh... boys are just selfish. Deathstroke's like, mm, I gotta be, I gotta get on the wizard side with this one. You guys do something <laughs> a little selfish. Bro. Like, shut up, Slade. <laughs> You're not helping. <laughs> like, are you trying to get yourself killed here? <laughs> <laughs> All right, so I. It's super uninteresting, but I feel like that is the Batman and Green Arrow have taken care of. Yeah, I mean, like, in terms of details, like, you always have, like, your uh, your talking points where you got your your Green Arrow and Legolas, they have their talk, that sort of crap. That's just, like, the oh, inner yeah, details. Yeah, they... In terms of plot, like, we covered that. Yeah, yeah, like, you have Green Arrow and Legolas have their bonding moment over archery. Batman and Aragorn, you know, talking to each other because Aragorn is basically fantasy Batman. Yeah. Um, Gimli is just kind of off in a corner, like patting his knees and making little drum beats against his armor for you know, <laughs> to keep himself entertained. Uh, <laughs> Gimli's just Bulby Stroganowski from Jimmy Neutron. Slap, 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 clap, 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 slap, slap, clap, 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 everybody. <laughs> Oh god, what was that really gross looking like shish kebab thing Bulby always had with him? Oh my gosh, I can't even remember. I can't remember what he called it. You know what's so weird? Phil Lamar what? voices uh, Bulby. Oh, I believe it. I, I mean, I understand it now. Like, once you hear the voice, but like, I had no idea until like, uh, I went to that comic convention that he was at. Yeah, Phil Lamar got range, dude. Yeah. I don't hear his voice in nearly enough stuff anymore. Maybe it's because I watch a lot more anime than I used to, so I mostly hear anime voice actors. But yeah, yeah. like I don't, I don't hear Phil Lamar's voice in nearly as much stuff as I used to. Yeah. Uh, I feel like the first thing I ever really like paid enough attention to truly notice his voice in was uh, the Infamous Games. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, like, 
Yeah, I watched a couple episodes of Static Shock when I was a kid. Um, never really watched a whole lot of Samurai Jack. I watched a decent bit of Samurai Jack. I never like uh, got super into it. Like one day, I do want to watch the whole show just because I heard season five is so great. But uh, yeah, yeah. Um, I watched a, a, quite a bit of The Weekenders when I was a kid, and I know he did a voice in that. Oh yeah. I think like but the yeah, first like, time I like ever recognized or what I mean by recognizing, but like uh, saw him was on uh, Mad TV back when that was a thing. It was like uh, oh yeah, Comedy right. Central's SNL basically. Yeah, but like, yeah, there are, of, uh, there, there are a lot of there there are a lot of voice actors that I used to hear a lot like um, like again. Probably because I've been watching a lot more anime lately, but I feel like I don't hear Steve Bloom in as much stuff anymore. Yeah. Uh, and he used to do a lot of anime voice acting. I feel like he, I feel like he doesn't do as much anime anymore, but um, yeah, like I, I feel like I don't hear Steve Bloom's voice a whole lot anymore. Yeah. Sorry, I was trying to look up and see what the name of Bulby's <laughs> shish kebab's name was. <laughs> oh, Super Kebabi. Super Kebabi. Yes. Well, I remember I remember watching that show and those those things always looked disgusting. Oh, what it was, what it was, it was a a superhero from his country, like a uh Oh, yeah, okay. It's he uh, probably just called him like shish kebabs or something. Yeah, it's yeah. probably just normal. But he really likes but, uh, him because of Super Kebabi from yeah, Super Kebabi. The most famous hero of back hair. <laughs> that's 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 stupid, but it's funny. His country is called Back Harristan. <laughs> It's so stupid, but it's so good. <laughs> Back Harrison. Uh, Jimmy Neutron's on Hulu. I gotta, I gotta watch that. I, I do want to watch it. The only thing is, to me, is uh, I don't know if the animation holds up as well today. From what I've seen. Yeah. Yeah, that is the thing. It was kind of at the beginning of 3D animation. Yeah, I mean, I remember back then, like, loving it, and it looked good, but, like, uh, seeing, like, some images now, I don't know if it held up as well. I definitely still watch it. Yeah, it looks looks better than Reboot, but uh, not as good as other shows being made now. Yeah. (laughs) Back hair (laughs) stand. Alrighty. So now we've got the Swamp Thing and Animal Man have to work out. Yeah. Which I feel like they could potentially have a little more influence on their part in the story if only that their influence is that they kind of expedite the process a bit. Yeah. Because um, um, the Ents have that whole Ent moot thing where they discuss for a long time whether or not Mary and Pippin are orcs. Um... Oh, okay. And and then uh, once they come to the conclusion 
that Mary and Pippin are not orcs, um, <laughs> which is something they didn't even really need to discuss anyway. Yeah. Uh, then and then they decide that like, oh, fighting Saruman isn't really our problem. Um, and then Merry and Pippin basically trick Treebeard into stumbling upon that field of burnt and broken down trees. And that's when he decides that uh, fighting in this war is like, you know, their problem now. You can kind of, I, I feel like the biggest contribution that Swamp Thing and Animal Man can make is showing up at the end moot and have Swamp Thing convince them that like, hey, the plants are dying. Like this is, this is um, our problem. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, he could definitely uh, uh, help speed that along. But yeah, as like other than that, though, I don't know what what could really be done. Like, yeah, Swamp Thing and Animal Man could lead the charge. Um, maybe Animal Man could channel the power of some Middle Earth animals, since he would be connected to Middle Earth's life web. Okay, yeah. So, like, the strength of an Oliphant, which is a really, 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 really big elephant. Okay. Um, use that, which would use make that him... in, like, the battle, or... Yeah, like, okay. it would make him ungodly strong. Yeah. Because uh, it's basically an elephant that's the size of a large building. Right. Like, I think, like, basically imagine the big four-legged walkers from Star Wars. Yeah, basically that. Like, that that's about how big I think the average Oliphant is. Okay. Um, you can give him the speed of a warg, which is those, like, evil wolf things that the orcs sometimes ride on. Yeah, yeah. Um... He could fly like a like a like a bird. <laughs> there are a lot of birds. There are a lot of birds in Middle Earth. Isn't there like griffins There's... or something? Um, I don't think there are griffins. Um, or maybe not but... griffins. Uh, there, well, there fly eagles. fly like the giant eagle. I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, the yeah, there are the eagle. eagles. Um, if you if you want to if you want to go because I think both the oliphants and the wargs I think are technically considered like bad animals, um, or at least they're used by the bad guys. Right. Um, so if you want to continue with that trend of him being able to tap into bad animal energy, uh, you can fly like a crevine, which is like those crow things that serve as spies for Saruman. Okay. Um. But then again, I don't really think there's too much of a distinction between an eagle and a crevine besides like size and species. Yeah, that's fine. They're both birds, so it's like, hey, fly like a fly like a flying thing. Yeah. So basically in this <laughs> battle, uh Swamp Thing and Animal Man will serve as like heavy hitters like yeah. amongst the battle. Um, as as well as like them eventually going up against the avatar of the rod being like a commander yeah. of the orc, and then uh, and and oh go ahead. One one thing the swamp thing can do um, that is a little just a little bit like it's more of a flavor difference than anything else, but um like as they are um taking this land back from the orcs, 
Swamp Thing can basically revive plant life as they go. Like he can spread his vines around and grow new trees, like just instantly take the land that it took the orcs so many months to claim from nature okay. back from yeah. them instantly. Yeah. So like you can see immediately that the orcs are losing ground. That would be interesting. Yeah. Okay, now the thing is... Again, so, that's uh, more of a flavor thing, but... Yeah, yeah. No, that, that'd be fine. But, um... Uh... So, essentially, with Batman and Green Arrow, they're fighting Deathstroke. Uh, you can say they eventually beat Deathstroke. Swamp Thing and an Animal Man, they eventually beat the Avatar of the Rot. Um... Uh, right, whenever... the Avatar of the Rot, that, that orc would be would have to be an Isengard. Okay. Oh, 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 I've got it, I've got it. Here's the influence that has. Um, the This orc who becomes the Avatar of the Rot and, like, desires greater power, obviously Saruman would get a whiff of that. He's like, uh-uh, Sauron ain't gonna like that. So, um, so this Urukai who starts getting followers within Isengard itself, and there's already going to be like a Civil War-style conflict. Okay. Yeah, By yeah. the time that Swamp Thing, Animal Man, and the Ants show up. That works, that works. So they'll already be in a weakened state. Yeah, I like that a lot. So you're, Yeah, you're going to end up with this big three-way battle between the three factions that ends with the good guys winning. Yeah. I, then, I feel like that's probably the biggest and best influence that the rock could have on this. Yeah, that's a good idea. And then uh, the uh, the end of Batman and uh, Green Arrow's fight. Yeah, they take out Deathstroke. They get him, yeah. and then uh, at some point, do uh, like I, once once the fighting's over, do they all see each other? Like Batman and Green Arrow see Swamp Thing and Animal Man. Because so I'm trying to think in terms um, of of them getting out. Like Swamp Thing and Animal Man, they're good. They can get out. In terms of Batman and An- or Batman and Green Arrow, I feel like it'd have to be through Swamp Thing and Animal Man. Yeah. Um, or maybe Gandalf can sense like Saruman's oh, magic yeah. on them. Like that Saruman brought them there. And he could just dispel it being the new white wizard and all that. Yeah, I didn't even think about that. Yeah, that works. He can just be like, all right, go go back to your world. Yeah, yeah, that actually works. You don't belong here. Okay, I, I also feel like going backwards a little bit, Deathstroke needs a sword fight with Aragorn. Yeah, yeah. At some point, like Deathstroke and Aragorn face off one-on-one for at least a little bit. That's that's something that I just thought of now. That's like, yeah, Deathstroke uses swords, doesn't he? So. <laughs> yeah, like that could be in the middle of uh, in the middle of the Helm's Deep battle. Like you see them to yeah fight, and like any battle, like uh, it's basically not comparing a battle to a dance. But when you're dancing, you can always like break off, and then you have a new dance partner. Basically, like almost that sense yeah. with the battle. And so, like, yeah, he's yeah, battling them for uh, a little bit. And then, uh, obviously, something happens because it's a battle. They get separated. And then that leads to uh, Batman and Green Arrow finally battling him. Yeah. Yeah, that sounds good. All right. So, yeah. So, basically, 
the Batman and Green Arrow half is just pretty much Aragorn, Legolas, and Gimli's participation in the Two Towers, plus a couple cool DC characters with some extra fight scenes in there. Yeah. Um, and then Swamp Thing and Animal Man's is drastically different, mostly because of the villain that's involved. Yeah, yeah. Because, you know, by the time they get to Isengard, there's already a civil conflict. Yeah, exactly. Alrighty. Um, so, yeah, and then Swamp Thing and Animal Man, once they help retake Isengard from Saruman, um, they go back to the DC universe through their respective, like, life web dimensions, yeah. whatever you want to call those. And uh, Batman, Green Arrow, and Deathstroke all get to go home because Gandalf sends them home. Yeah. yeah. And he has the power to do that because he's Gandalf. And yeah. Gandalf is better than Dumbledore. Fight me. <laughs> That's right, I said it. All you Harry Potter nerds out there, you Potterheads, there's a reason well, that your fandom name is a drug reference. <laughs> well, Tolkien, uh, because he's long gone, can't change the the lore as often as... Yeah, long. yeah, Tol- Tolkien can't tweet and actively make his own series worse. So, yeah. you know, there is that too. Yeah. Tolkien can't keep going back and being like, oh, wait, no, actually, I think I want to, you know, tweak this, change that. I know the books are already published, but, you know. Yeah. And also, like like half of half of Tolkien's work was published after he was already dead. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) It's like that's that's extra. You can't change this. Yeah. I mean, like the best things I've seen on the Rollin thing in terms of like comedy or skits is that Pro ZD video and then uh, the Gus Johnson video. If you haven't seen that, it's pretty good. Oh, I I haven't seen that one. Yeah, it's pretty good. It's it's basically just showing how it, it shines a light on like how weird it is that she's changing all that stuff. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, so I feel like that's probably this week. So, Brandon, is there anything you would like to plug or recommend? Um, in terms of plugging, you can check out my stuff at uh, Disney Comics on Instagram and Facebook. That's D-I-S-M-A-Y Comics. Um, indie Comics and all that crap. Um, and then uh, in terms of recommendations i was actually trying to research some stuff a second ago because i want to actually have good recommendations and not something super random as i usually do um as we mentioned before if you like lord of the Rings stuff which i assume if you do you've probably already played these games but definitely play the shadow of mordor or the middle earth games the shadow of mordor and the uh shadow of war games I mentioned earlier in the podcast that they're super cheap. The Xbox and PS4 prices are basically the same. So it's basically $10 for the first one and $5 for the other one pre-owned. You don't have to keep buying $60 games. There's a ton of great games that are super cheap that you probably missed out on in the past few years. So definitely consider that. And then in terms of comic recommendations, this one is, a bit obscure 
But in the midst of talking about this, I remember that I had it. And I remember I read it. And I remember actually kind of liking it. It's called Superman Cow. And what it is, it's an Elseworlds book back when DC did Elseworlds. And now it's they started up. It's called Black Label, but it's basically Elseworlds. Um, Superman Cow is basically the Superman story you know. But what if Superman was sent into medieval times what if everything happened during the medieval times you had the the destruction of krypton and the rocket goes but i mean the destruction of krypton was a thousand years before so you're in the medieval ages and uh it's a pretty good story um you you have your lois lane type character in it you have a lex luther type character in it all takes place in medieval times. It's a pretty good book, and I, I want to recommend it because it seems like DC doesn't care about it or they just forgot about it because it's on Comixology, but in terms of physically getting it, there's not a reprint of it or anything. To actually get it, you have to buy the original 1995 book, um, which isn't that expensive. Um, you can go on Amazon to find it. You can probably pick it up for less than $10. It's a good book. Um, I, I highly recommend it if you're into the different uh, type of stories for superhero books, like different uh, origins and stuff like that. It's pretty good. It's not the best one, but it's pretty good. And another reason I'll recommend it is it's written by Dave Gibbons. The guy, yeah, the guy that worked on Watchmen. So yeah, definitely, yeah. Uh, definitely check it out. That's pretty cool. All right. So for me, um, my my plug is I have a YouTube channel called Store Brand Comics. It's the same as this podcast. Um, I have some comic book videos over there. And I also have a series where I talk about animated films from all over the world with my mom. Because um, she doesn't know a whole lot about cartoon movies. And it's something that I care about a lot. So I am experimenting on her. <laughs> <laughs> um, see how much she can handle. Uh, by the time this episode comes out... Um, Ooh, by the time this episode comes out, we see, we haven't watched um, this this coming week's movie yet. Uh, uh, I have to remember when these get uploaded. Hang on. Uh, so by the time this episode comes out, I actually don't know quite yet what the next movie in our lineup is going to be. But I believe our most recent episode will be about... I think it's it'll be about Akira. Oh yeah, that's right. I remember in your uh, yeah, is our, other is our most recent episode. Um, if I'm remembering that correctly, I don't know. Uh, the the recording and uploading schedules for this podcast and the uh, videos I make with my mom are both very different, so it's a little hard to keep them straight. Yeah, but that uh, that so sounds right because this past week it was uh, it was the One Piece movie. So then next week, yeah. 
I believe yeah. Akira's. Yes, right. Yeah, it was. So yeah, la- last last week's was One Piece, which I guess is this week now. Yeah. The <laughs> recording schedule, uh, but yeah. So like, but for this week, our most recent one will be Akira, um, and I think next week it will be something different. <laughs> I'm still figuring out for next week. Yeah, yeah. Because we haven't even actually watched Akira yet. Man. So. <laughs> What's that? I was saying Batman Ninja. <laughs> oh well, it's gonna be a while before I can get my hands on yeah, Batman yeah. Ninja. So um but yeah, uh and then as for recommendations, um if you're looking for a fun video game to play, uh I've been playing finally Far Cry Primal. Uh it's been my dream since I was a kid to play a caveman video game, but there weren't any growing up. So for I don't know why. But for some reason, this game is like a dream come true for me because it's a fun caveman game. Um, it's basically a series of checklists with a functional caveman game built around it. But you know what? There is a very simple joy in watching numbers get bigger. So I'm okay with it. Uh, uh, I, I think Far Cry Primal is pretty fun. But Far Cry is pretty much the only Ubisoft series I've ever really been able to get into. Uh, I tried Assassin's Creed. Um, I never tried Ghost Recon though, but like Assassin's Creed. Now I probably started with a bad one because I started. I was gonna say which Assassin's Creed. I tried Assassin's Creed three. Okay, that's that's the problem. Yeah, that's when it's. But you see, started. Here's the thing though. I've seen gameplay of the other ones. They don't look that much more interesting. Yeah, like I don't think Assassin's Creed is for me, but I do like Far Cry. I will say in terms of gameplay, gameplay doesn't change that much in terms of each one. Yes, different time periods, different weapons and stuff, but they basically function the same way as the other one. Um, yeah. But in terms of story, I think uh, they can be pretty good. But I do agree the gameplay is pretty much the same for each one. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I, but I do like Far Cry, which is another one that doesn't really change mechanically from game to game. But there's just something about it that engages me more. Okay. Uh, so yeah, like Far Cry, that's pretty much the only Ubisoft series I've ever been able to get into. Um, and then uh, as far as a comic book recommendation, since this is a comic book show, I guess we could call it a show, right? I, kn- I know there's no visual aspect to it, but yeah, okay, anyway. Um, it's radio, basically. <laughs> So yeah, uh, we'll start doing uh, some radio serials eventually. <laughs> oh, dude, I would, I would love to. I I have so many ideas for that, for radio serials. Yeah, um, like Frosted Flakes. Um, oh yeah, <laughs> no, the uh, great anyway, pitch, um, the cinnamon toast crunch. <laughs> So yeah, uh, for comic book recommendations, um, since we talked about a lot of fantasy stuff with this one, I will recommend a fantasy comic book series. Um, Rat Queens is pretty good. I think I've heard. It's of. about uh, it's it's about like an adventuring party of four women, um, who are all like different races, different classes. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, I've heard of this. Yeah, they're 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 vulgar. They're rude. They drink a lot. They do drugs. 
Um, they're just, you know, they're people. Uh, so it's like, it's that, it's that story of like the four fantasy chicks, but like, they're all real women. They're not yeah, archetypes yeah. or stereotypes. So like, it's a very good series. I will say though, there is one character in the main cast who frustrates me a little bit just because of her personality. She just has a sort of a personality type that I have little patience for. Um, um, I'm going to look at she's uh, like, I think the she's character like the... designs to see, just to guess which one. Let's to see. see if you can guess which one it is. Um, you might be able to. It's one of these two. It's either the the black haired girl that wears red or it's like the big burly girl. It's the black haired girl that wears red. Okay, I gotcha. She just has one of those personality types that's like as a character. That's just like, oh, no, I do not have patience for yeah, that. You. you are just a frustrating character. And the thing is, a lot of the, especially like early on, a lot of like emotional narrative weight is placed on her as a character. So that gets a little annoying for me. Uh, okay. But I like, I like pretty much the rest of the cast. Like the dwarf girl is my favorite. But I also like dwarves. But still, like, she's awesome. I love yeah. her. Um, but yeah, Rat Queens. I gotta say, uh, I gotta we... say real quick, in terms of uh, you talking about Rat Queens, another one that is very similar in style. Um, and if you haven't read it, I definitely recommend you read it. Um, it's not entirely for me, but I feel like you would really like it. Is uh, Die by image have you heard of that oh book? yeah i have like robert it's a robert kirkman one right yeah yeah no 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 no. it's uh yeah, they like, they like gillen them. i forgot uh first name oh oh right right i was thinking of um i was thinking of, oh like, yeah, die, yeah. Die, i know die, what die. you're talking about yeah it's called like die 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 no okay, this yeah, one's no, called no, die right. in terms of uh yeah this one's called die in terms of like a uh a uh like Dungeons and Dragons type die. That's what it's called. Yeah, yeah. As in like dice. Yeah. Um, basically what one, it is one, is one die. Yeah. In in the eighties, like I'll I'll give a brief rundown. In the eighties, um these teenagers they're hanging out and uh one of the friends uh shows them this new role playing game. They're all into role playing games. Um this one friend shows them this new role playing game. It's like this crazy looking die kind of and they play the game and what it is is they basically essentially get sucked into a dungeons and dragons type universe um and they basically have to live through that for i can't remember how long they were in that but when they come out they've been missing for like a year or something um and they come out and one of them i think died in the universe so they never came back um and this isn't spoiler this is like the first few pages of the book um and they come out and then it's like fast forward to present day like basically 20 30 years later and it shows these characters and like a lot of them are going through some trauma because of like all the stuff that they experienced back in the 80s because of this this game basically and uh and um, essentially they get they find another die or something and it drags them back into the game and there's 
a lot more story into it, but as adults, they're now back into the game and that's where it, it picks up from there. But uh, it's an interesting story. It's not entirely for me, but if you do love fantasy elements and stuff like that, it's uh, it's really good. And the art, oh my gosh, the reason I, I read it is the art is amazing. Like it's all painted. It's just, uh, it's beautiful. Yeah, that sounds interesting. And then, um, I guess lastly for me, uh, a quick anime recommendation. Um, I haven't actually uh, watched an episode yet. I just seen a couple clips online, but I've been reading the manga it's based on, uh, and and a new anime for the current season that's come out is Gleipnir, G L E I P N I R, um, and it's uh, it's very edgy. It's um, it does have some adult elements to it, so you know, be careful about that. Um, and it's but it's like it's one of those ones where it's like if you just want like pure teenage angst and edge mixed with like uh, very in your face violence and sexuality, then like this is the series for you. Okay, it's 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 one of those like sort of death game uh anime series um but i personally have been enjoying the manga quite a bit and the clips i've seen of like the combat animation in the show look really good so i am planning to watch it but yeah if if you're interested in a violent sort of gritty but also ridiculous uh and kind of honestly kind of doofy uh series with a lot of edge um Gleipnir will probably be a good watch for you. Yeah. So that's um, my that's my that's my anime TV. I Googled and the only uh only background I really have is this girl stepping into this giant bunny type thing. Uh he's a dog. Oh, okay. You uncultured swine. <laughs> so, um... I mean it, that could easily be a fox. That does not really look like a dog. Oh, that does not read Fox at all. That's just a that's a dog. That's not a dog. It's a doggy. Or at least the image I'm seeing. That's not really a dog. All right. So yeah, that's my that's my recommendation. Um. So yeah, this was Store Brand Comics. I'm To. And I'm Brandon. And um, we will. Uh, we will talk to you next week. We can't. We can't see you. I was gonna say we will see you. We can't see you. Um, I promise. Uh, don't question it. Uh, goodbye. Stay away from the soylent green. <laughs> it's people. <laughs> Coca Cola's people.